With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a cyclone weather alert. Ladies and gentlemen, radar Go back to the hall after an eight-yard run. Look at him follow the quarterback. Purdy through the hole. Back in the end zone. It's touchdown. It's Charlie Corner. Welcome to a special edition Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Chris Williams and Jared Stansberry bring you insight and analysis of Matt Campbell's Iowa State Cyclones and their, their postseason matchups. Let's take it one time. Coverage is brought to you by Fairway Meat and Grocery, Graphite Construction Group, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Casino, and by the Iowa Clinic and Iowa Clinic Men's Center. And and one go across midfield. Perkins, the kicker, couldn't get him. Can Washington? He shoves him out of bounds. So Ellinger has to be quick here, able to avoid the rush, pressured, and Ellinger's brought down by Latrell Bankston. Fanatics, thanks for your support all season long. To our corporate sponsors, Patreons, readers, listeners. We couldn't do it without you. And now, please welcome your host, Chris Williams and Jared Stansberry. What is going on? And welcome to special edition Fiesta Bowl preview podcast number one here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. My name is Chris Williams. Here before too long, I will be joined by the one and only Brent Bloom. He's going to hop on, and we're going to really dive into the Iowa State-Oregon Fiesta Bowl, which, of course, is coming up on Saturday. We will have a special edition podcast number two to preview the game coming up on Thursday. Uh, Jared Stansberry, uh, I don't know the name of the Oregon reporter he grabbed, but he he's interviewing uh, an Oregon insider, uh, and that will be coming up tomorrow. So look for that on your Cyclone Fanatic podcast network feed, wherever you uh, may be getting your podcast at these days. Of course, I want to thank our sponsors of all the postseason coverage coming up here at CycloneFanatic.com on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network. Our our great partners at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Casino. They have been uh, with us for a really, 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 really long time, and we appreciate that. Uh, If you haven't yet, follow the Action Fanatics feed on Twitter, at Action Fanatics. That's a new brand we are building with the Wild Rose Casino in in Jefferson and the DraftKings Sportsbook. Man, the sports betting thing is really taking off. Uh, I'm seeing it especially a lot here during bull season. Uh, Graphite Construction Group is a brand new sponsor to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We look forward to telling you more about them in, in the next few months or so. Of course, the Iowa Clinic, the Iowa Clinic Men's Center has been with us for a really long time. Be a man. Go to the doctor and Fairway. Fairway grocery stores. Nobody does meat like Fairway. I'm going to be uh, I'm not going to be in uh, Phoenix this weekend. I'm smoking ribs for the game. Fired up for that. And of course, uh, you know where to get those ribs. Fairway, baby. All right. Uh, Bloom's coming up here in just a little bit. I do have a few things that I want to just uh, get to some 
current event type stuff. Uh, most of it involving Iowa State. Not everything, though. Talk some bowl games, uh, the Big 12 bowl games specifically. We've got a couple of them that have already uh, taken place. we got a game that got canceled. Uh, so let's dig into all of that. Uh, first of all, I want to start off with Iowa State. And, um, I, I got, you know, it's hard for me to nitpick when you're in a New Year's Six Bowl and you're Iowa State because this is like a first, right? Like, a, I, you have to be very happy with this season. Uh, and, I, and I most certainly am. But the kicking situation's been a thing, right? We we all we've all watched the games, we've all we've all seen this. the The kicking situation has been a downer for Iowa State football this year. And like I always tell you guys, you know, the whole hire a special teams coach thing. I, I understand your point. Uh, Matt Campbell is the most like detail driven human being I've met in 36 years of life. They're not ignoring it. Um, and they've, they've addressed it. Of course, they, they missed out on the kid who, who flipped and went to Colorado on national signing day. Uh, but in the last week, Iowa state has added two kickers to its roster, uh, for the 2021 season. The first one, um, was a preferred walk-on. And, and, I, and I will say, just as a quick plug, if you guys have been uh, premium subscribers or Patreon members, you, you've known about all these moving parts here uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, before it became public. Uh, but Tyler Bittman, uh, the Wisconsin kid, uh, coming to Iowa State as a preferred walk-on. And then it was on, I believe, Monday night, uh, Andrew Mevis, a graduate transfer from Fordham, accepted a scholarship. He will be on scholarship at Iowa State next year. And I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, just texting and trying to figure out more about these guys. And uh, there is some, so a couple of, a couple of points here. Uh, you guys know about Jamie Cole and the kicking institution that he's created. It's like the number one um, specialist, um, camp or whatever you want to call it, um, rating system, all that stuff, recruiting service in the entire country. And he's really high on both of these guys from what I've been told, which is really good to hear. Um, I'm hearing that this Bittman kid can really be uh, the answer at kickoff for Iowa State. That is the, that's the thought, at least. Um, the Mevis transfer, the graduate transfer is interesting to me because he's done all three. He's had success of kicking the ball out of the end zone. He has uh, been a place kicker, and he's also been a punter at the FCS level. Um, I'm I'm hearing that he will be in the mix for all three jobs when he gets to Iowa State. So that's great. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, elite at any of them by any means. But I I I like the fact here that Iowa State is going to have options. I wouldn't be surprised either based off of what I'm hearing if they don't add another preferred walk-on, much like the Bittman kid, to have more numbers and options in that room for next year. And I don't want to be a downer here. Um, This is a really happy time for Iowa State football. But if you're looking ahead to next year, when Iowa State, right there with Oklahoma, 
Oklahoma will be the favorite. They'll be picked to win the Big 12 championship next year. But Iowa State's goal going into 2021, Brock Purdy is a senior. Brees Hall is a Heisman contender. Brock Purdy potentially is a Heisman contender. The defense coming back. Mike Rose, one of the best linebackers in college football. Matt Campbell, one of the hottest coaches in college football. Your goal next year is to win the Big 12. That was their goal this year. Fell just short. The goal next year is to win the Big 12 championship. And in what's a way, an obvious way that this program can get better, it is with the kicking game, specifically uh, the kickoff game and, uh, and special teams. And it's told by one source who I trust a lot. Um, he told me that if Iowa State has these two guys this year, they, they beat Louisiana and win the Big 12 championship. Is, is what he believed. So um, I've learned not to put too much faith um, in, <laughs> in really any kickers at the college level. I don't, I don't like to be rude. I'm not trying to be nasty towards specialists, but it's just there's a reason that hashtag college kickers bounces around on Twitter all the time, right? You see these guys missing all the time. Um, if it was as easy as we all thought it would be, more people would be able to do it. But um, I, I think it's been a really strong week and a half on that recruiting trail for Iowa State as we look ahead to 2021. So I wanted to touch on that uh, today. Uh, Jared Stansbury in his Fiesta Bowl coverage has been doing a great job. We have all sorts of video and quotes and stories on the front page of CycloneFanatic.com. Uh, getting you prepped for the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl Saturday, 3 o'clock kick. Um, Jared uh, had some quotes today from Jaquan Bailey that I thought were interesting. Uh, really the first time we've heard a lot of these guys, because we just haven't had any access to them. Um, but talking about coming back next year, Jaquan um, said basically what, again, I've been reporting to our premium members is that none of these conversations within the Iowa State football program have happened yet. They're all happening after the season. What I am hearing is that there is a strong indication that a good five to ten uh, guys who have contributed on this year's team who are seniors are expected to potentially come back. Um this is a sticky deal, though. There's a lot that has to happen here as far as scholarship counts go. What is the institution going to pay for? There's a lot more to it than, um, hey, do you want to come back? Sure, come on back. But I, I, you know, I'm getting a vibe that a lot of these, a lot of these studs will come back, and then some of them won't. Uh, I get the question a lot. Well, he's not a pro. Why is he going to come back? Why, why wouldn't he come back? Well, you know, at some point specifically in the sport of football, your body gets worn down and you're ready to move on. You're tired. You, you, you want to move on to the next phase of your life happens a lot in the sport of football. That will happen with some of these guys. Some, it will not. Uh, I, I could look at a handful of these guys and I know, man, give them another year uh, to showcase what they've got. And man, they could, they could really break out handful of those guys on this team too. So let's just keep an eye on that. We will be all over it here in the next couple of weeks as I'm sure we'll start to gain more perspective on that. I thought Bailey's comments were really good today. Made me lean that he 
is potentially going to come back. I, I have heard that he's a guy who, you know, you know, he missed all of last year. He's in, in he and he didn't have the redshirt season. He would be a guy who makes a lot of sense to come back next year and just absolutely whoop ass in turn heads. That's one that would make sense. Greg Eisworth, you know, uh, you've been somewhat injury prone over your career. Feel like you've accomplished pretty much everything you can. Maybe not. Maybe it's time for you to go and try and make some money playing this game. The, it, it's interesting. I, I did, too. I was looking through Todd McShay's. Uh, he, he put out a new mock draft today. And he has uh, Brock Purdy as a third-round pick. Which, if that's the case, it makes sense for Brock to come back for a senior campaign. Again, that's just one-man opinion. Uh, he has Charlie Kohler and... Brock Purdy is third round picks. So that's a little something to keep in mind too, is we are, it's kind of the theme right now so far on this podcast is to look ahead the next year. We'll get to Brent Bloom momentarily. Bloom will also be on with me tonight, Wednesday night on the stream, Cyclone Fanatic Twitter, Cyclone Fanatic Facebook, the front page of CycloneFanatic.com where we have our preview show for the Big 12, not the Big 12 championship game, for the Fiesta Bowl this time. Dan McCarney is going to join us. We look forward to that, the great Dan McCarney. Also, Jay Jordan will give us the inside scoop on the X's and O's of this football game. And finally, Todd Kirk from Action Fanatics will round up the show uh, how to bet this football game. We'll talk to Todd about that. Um, Speaking of, you know, just the rest of these bowl games real quick. Uh, I don't have a lot of analysis on Oklahoma State's win over Miami and the Cheez-It Bowl. The Texas game last night was interesting to me only because, you know, Tom Herman continues to be a really good uh, bowl coach. They're undefeated under him in bowl games. Um, the Sam Ellinger will he come back conversation will be a thing going forward. And then um, I could see us all falling into a similar trap that we have with Texas in the past of watching their bowl performance and reading too much into it. Now, I won't do that. The one thing that scares me about Texas next year is its defense. And you really saw, I think, some similarities between Texas and Oklahoma as this year went on with relatively new defensive coordinators. Alex Grinch is in his second year at Oklahoma, but you really saw halfway through things start to click for the Sooners. And I feel like the same way for Chris Ash in Texas. I feel like defensively, you know, they have personnel. They're going to be much better on that side of the football next year. There's the other stuff, you know, the the culture of that program that I would question and is is a real thing to sit here and talk about. But uh, I, I actually think Texas will probably be maybe downgraded a little bit by many in the media and whatnot next year. But that might be good for this program. I've said all along, if they weren't going to get Urban Meyer, they're best off bringing Tom Herman back than, than you know, starting over again. I think that he has a pretty good staff right now, specifically with Chris Ash running that defense. Another guy, of course, we are very familiar with here at Iowa State. Uh, but they were they were impressive last night. Again, I'm not going to read too much into it. I don't think I, this was not them beating Georgia in a Sugar Bowl or whatever it was a couple years ago. Colorado is 
okay. So we don't read too much into it, but there are some things, if you're a Texas fan, I think to be optimistic about next year, but the culture of that program is what I would really question. Here on December 30th, you look ahead to next year's preseason. Oklahoma is the clear number one. Um, they Nobody's beaten them yet with what they have coming back. They're finally uh, ratcheting things up on defense, returning quarterback, Lincoln Riley. Iowa State is the clear number two. Maybe even like a 1B type thing when you look at the Brock Purdy, Brees Hall combination. Iowa State will be much better up front offensively throughout the whole year. It took them a little bit this year to get there. You know they'll 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 have it right next year. That that's how I see things here on the thirtieth of December. Um, Cotton Bowl tonight, Oklahoma, Florida. That game's been really weird. The point spread has swung like nine points in that thing because of dropouts for Florida. Um, and then you've got Iowa State. I think is it for the Big Twelve the rest of the way. I I think the Big Twelve could sweep it and and win all their bowl games this year. Kind of thought that when the schedule came out. When you don't have a playoff team, you drop down, right? So then you you have more favorable matchups. We've seen the Big Twelve struggle in bowl games lately. Well, a lot of times that's because they are, you know, the Big 12's two is playing another conference's one. The Big Twelve's threes playing another conference too, right? It's kind of the opposite this year. Uh, Iowa State really the headliner in that um, Fiesta Bowl coming up on the second. Of course, Oklahoma too. I I thought Oklahoma would win before before the Florida dropouts. I personally placed bets on Oklahoma when it was like plus three on the money line, and now it's almost a touchdown in favor of the Sooners. We've seen the number on that game drop significantly as well. All right, enough about all this other stuff. Uh, We'll take a really super-duper-duper quick break, and then Brent Bloom's going to join me on the other half of this for uh, some talk about the Fiesta Bowl. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Bringing in Brent Bloom now here on the um, special edition Bowl Preview Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Fiesta Bowl coming up on Saturday. Bloom will be uh, producing the game as always, as he always does, on the Cyclone Radio Network. We have a weird day on the network with basketball at noon on Saturday. So that will be on, um, I, I believe, like, I think how it's going to happen in Des Moines is basketball will be on KXNO. From what I understand, the bus will be carrying football pregame that starts at 1. Uh, we're going to have an option for you as well. I'm not trying to take your audience, Bloom. I think you can do both. <laughs> Meyer and sure. Blythe and I are going to pop open some Cody Road at uh, halftime of the basketball game on the, nice. on the stream. And we're just going to hang out up until kickoff of the football game for fans to join us. What do those guys know about basketball, though? <laughs> well, to I'm be kidding, honest I'm with kidding. you, like I've, I've really enjoyed those two because they're just, they're just great like sports fans now. And I actually – I have – plans for them if they want to keep doing it to like help with our analysis and stuff because i think it it's really good stuff no the more those guys the better absolutely and i'm joking and those guys know a lot about basketball in fact both played at a pretty high level yeah. i think todd won a state championship yeah they were both really good i was joking the other night in our little um cyclone fanatic zoom christmas party or whatever you want to call it with meyer so i used to always guard meyer Believe it or not, you'd you'd foul him. Well, no, here, no, this is the truth. I I was the kid in fifth grade with armpit hair, 
So like I was bigger than everybody else. And like, and then like all of a sudden we got to high school. Like I always guarded Meyer and he guarded me and like every, I was kind of considered a big to be honest with you, because I was just so I hit puberty so much earlier than everybody else. But then I remember Meyer freshman year, they roll into Clarinda High School, and he was like six inches taller. And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, things have changed. It, it was all over because I hadn't grown any. <laughs> I had just gotten slower <laughs> and shorter, uh, and it was all over from there. But uh, that's funny. Yeah, we'll have uh, fun. that. Sounds like a good time. I I will. I mean, I wish I could tune in. Well, that sounds like a party. I would have you on in the background of the stream, but I don't even know if that's legal. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think we could do that because that would be so like. So, what a, time? So, how is this going to cross over? So, the men's game starts at noon Iowa time? Yeah. And then the bowl game obviously starts at three. At three. Gotcha. So, they'll be getting off of basketball post game right around kickoff. Makes sense. I, I would think is, is how that's going to work. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, being down there in that massive stadium with nobody there but uh do you think that well, let's get into the game because that's what yeah. i brought you on. do you think that that impacts the game at all i mean this is kind of a tired conversation by the time you get to january 2nd but it is the the more i've gone through this week the more it's like oh this sucks like this is yeah. a, a fiesta uh, bowl and our guys aren't even really getting to experience it you know, the Pac-12 hasn't had fans all year, so I don't think Oregon's any different for them. I thought the, you know, in the Big 12 championship felt like a normal game. I, I mean, too. there were, whatever, 19,000 people there, and it was a big difference. Um, and it was an angry Iowa State crowd at times. So maybe a little bit for Iowa State right off the top, but there's going to be a lot of juice regardless just because of the circumstances of that game. And I'm sure, I mean, like a lot of these bowl games, they'll dress it up to make it, you know, seem more normal and, and quite honestly Iowa State got better as the year went on playing without fans I mean look at that K-State game yeah it's probably the best Iowa State played all year and that didn't have any fans so I don't think that's going to be an issue uh Oregon let, let's let's dig into it and again tonight I've already promoted this but Jay Jordan's going to join us on our preview show tonight on the stream uh we'll start at eight o'clock Bloom and I will be there uh Dan McCarney is going to lead things off with us um I, what what is your bloom of, of your initial scout of Oregon? What what pops to you I mean, about this team? Uber talented for one. I mean, they've got Chris three guys that opted out, and yet they're still probably the most talented team in the Pac-12. And you know, the guy that really pops for them is Thibodeau, yeah, who is. You know, he'll be a top five pick next year. He's only a sophomore. He's a true sophomore. Was the Pac-12 freshman of the year. Was a freshman All-American last year. And didn't really do a lot this year. He's getting a lot of double teams, but really came on the last couple of games. Was a huge impact. Was the player of the game in the uh, Pac-12 championship. And he is an absolute animal to try and block. And so, have some concerns there, uh, depending on what Iowa State does with him. And we've seen some of those guys give Iowa State some problems. And Barack was running a little bit for his life against Oklahoma, against um, you know similar talent, although not as talented as this guy. So he really pops for me. And then just the speed of both the running backs can really go. And then they try and get Chuck, the quarterback, a lot in the running game. So they do some really creative things that, that Iowa State hasn't seen a lot of this year. So I think it's... I think it's a dynamic matchup. I think Iowa State should be the slight favorite, but I wouldn't put any more than the slight favorite for Iowa State. Well, real, real quick on Thibodeau, um, I I would bet my life savings that Rimsburg isn't going to be playing. 
for Iowa State. So you're looking at Ramos getting the start, going back to Arizona. We talked a lot about Purdy in that spot. I think that'll help. I mean, Ramos came in and um, he, he just kind of thrown into that game when Rimsburg goes down. I think it'll help getting a couple weeks prep, knowing you're going to be the guy. Um, I, I'm hopeful True. that I, I, I do expect Oklahoma's didn't have that top end talent up front, but I think their line was better than what in Oregon. total. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, this Oregon line is good, but it's not, it's not as a good against the run as Oklahoma was, which should help balance things out. I mean, if I was taking get Brees Hall going, you don't worry as much about an edge pass rusher because you're facing second and third and short, which I was it needs to do in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Good point there. Uh, the thing that, you know, that just stands out to me about Oregon is just, there's so much, uh, so many times we see we overreact to bowl season one one way or another. Uh, I talked earlier, Bloom, before I brought you on. It'll be interesting to see how people react to the Texas win last night because how many times in Tom Herman's career have we been like, well, but they they had that bowl win and you know, and then they get overrated. Um, sometimes there's validity to that though. We've seen bowl games spur teams to. I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm so high on Lincoln Riley tonight in in Oklahoma. And I could end up eating crow here, but I they are looking next year as their year to win the national championship if you're an Oklahoma fan. And um, I think that Lincoln Riley, in his mind, saying, I want to really propel this program into 2021. 2020, in the minds of many, was a bit of a throwaway, kind of a redshirt type year. I think that's how they're looking at it. I think that's how Oregon looks at this football game, too. Not that Iowa State isn't. Um, I think that it's it's clearly an important game for Iowa State. This is the biggest football game Iowa State has ever played in. They've never been in a bowl game of this caliber. But I, I think that Mario Cristobal's roster right now, this, even before COVID, was going to be a bit of a rebuild year for Oregon. Yes. Now they're kind of playing with house money. They get this weird invite to the Pac-12 championship. They win it. This is a great opportunity for Oregon. And that's the one thing that I do. Like, I, I'm looking at this game, and it's a little bit concerning to me is I think that you're playing with the team. It's it's like playing poker with the guy who doesn't care if he wins or not. It's a scary proposition to put in front of you. That's true, but I think what you could also take in that Pac-12, Big 12 matchup with Texas and Colorado was it really looked like Texas had played more football. Yeah, I mean, great it, point. I mean, it, so Iowa State has played, what, five more games in Oregon? Iowa State has a much better idea of who it is than Oregon still does. With I mean, they still have questions. I mean, the quarterback's been okay, the shut kid, um, but they've had some a lot of moving pieces on both sides of the football. They have some really unknowns in their secondary still. But they've only played six games. They've had some injuries there. I mean, so I think from that standpoint, you know, we can look at Iowa State and we better know Iowa State's weaknesses, I guess, because they played more. But I mean, Oregon's, Oregon should be, I mean, if this was a normal season, this would be like an early October game for Oregon. I mean, if you think about it that way. Well, so they've had yeah. some delays and some other things going on. And so, you know, I look like to me, Texas really benefited in the Alamo Bowl from just knowing what they were doing more so than Colorado did. And Texas was better than Colorado, don't get me wrong. So I think you could spin that either way. But I agree with you. This is an Oregon team that is very young in the grand scheme of things. And so this will be a, a propeller for them. Um, and Iowa State's young too, but I think Iowa State has a better idea of who its best players are. Valid point there on the early October thing. I think it was fascinating. Oregon played its first game of the season 
on the same day Iowa State played Baylor and right. really escaped that game, right? Iowa State lost the turnover battle in that game 4-0. But I think it shows I, – I, I was talking about this a little earlier in the year, Brent, just how weird this bowl season is when, you know, some of these teams – if you're a Pac – or a Big 12 ACC, SEC team, your season has been going since July – the regular season was extended by like three weeks. Now you're playing into January. This has been a marathon. On top of that, you can't go out for a burger. Right. You can't like these guys are gassed. Um, that's what's just fascinating to me. And, and I, don't, I don't want to be judgmental. COVID's been so weird for all of us. But some of these Big Ten teams and like that are just opting out. It's like what do you, you guys just got going? Yeah. Like these other programs have been doing this since July. So. That I, I was told that going into this week, Iowa State had barely even looked at Oregon with its team. I'm sure the coaches have been. But because they are just more like, we need to be physically ready. That's That was the number one goal last week, heading into game week. That makes sense. I mean, then you just treat it like a normal game week. And, uh, yeah, who's who's the more – I mean, it's a crapshoot in bowl season. It really has been. I mean, you don't know one game to the next. Who wants to be there? What guys are just kind of there because they have to be? And then you even saw the Oklahoma State guy, Tylen Wallace, opted out at halftime yesterday. Yeah, what the hell like, was that? <laughs> I mean, well, so he sees King get hurt from Miami. He's like ah. – I might be a you know top four round draft pick. I'm I'm just not gonna. I'm not even gonna try. Which I understand to an extent, but you know he's clearly was uh was rattled by that injury to the Miami quarterback. And then Sam Ellinger goes down, and then he gets hurt. I mean, so it's a weird thing to determine anyway in bowl games anymore of who actually wants to be there. Throw COVID on top of it, and it's totally weird. But the one thing I do know about Iowa State is those guys want to close us out strong. Like they're. I think we talk about culture all the time with Iowa state and sometimes it can be a cliche, but that helps in this situation where, you know, it's a four quarter fight with Iowa state. They're not cashing in the chips at halftime because they're in the fiesta bowl here and they're, they're good, happy to be there. They want to close this out for all the right reasons. It is a super important game in Iowa state's history. And those guys have shown all season long that even if they're down two, three touchdowns, they're going to battle. And I think that helps Iowa State in this weird no-fan situation in a big game against a brand opponent. You know, whereas Oregon may look at Iowa State and go be like, you know, I know they're ragged higher than us, but it's Iowa State. Like, I think there's the motivating factor, I think, would be on the side of the Cyclones in this one from that aspect. So you're you're going down with the team in the network. My, do you... What, what is there like a bowl event on the first or is it just locked in like a totally like a normal road game? Yeah, it's a total. So they're going to have, they do some media things and they're going to get down there a day early just to day earlier than normal. So normally the team yeah. let's say if it's a Saturday game, they'd fly down on Friday afternoon. Team is going to fly down on Thursday afternoon. And for just a day, they'll just do some ballroom walkthrough stuff and do some film stuff. And then the coaches can do a little bit of media, um, some TV prep, but really it's, it's not much different. They're not allowed to go anywhere. Um, they don't yeah. even want us going anywhere. I yeah. mean, it's really a bubble situation for all of us. They will get tested down there. So they're getting tested today. They'll get tested again on Friday, uh, before the game. So they've got all these protocols in place, but in general, they will not be leaving the team hotel in Scottsdale. Well, um, Best of luck, my friend.
I I wish I could be down there with you, but it just uh, I'm sitting in Stansbury. It just didn't make sense. You know, it just didn't make sense to send two people down with no, no. fans and stuff like that. I, it sucks. I mean, I would love to be there for this moment in Iowa State football history, but I, I you know I'll, well, I'll that, watch it at my house. That's the thing is like you know we all are on Facebook and you get those Facebook memories. In the last week, it's all been from bowl games and bowl trips and all of the memories of seeing other Cyclone fans there, and it's not going to be the same. Yet it's probably the most important game most important bowl game at least in Iowa State history so it's that weird dichotomy between the two but I think the good news is when that ball kicks off at three o'clock Iowa time that's the only thing that matters and um, you know hopefully Iowa State shows well I think Iowa State will national TV huge huge opponent and um, only good things I think can come from this you you know if you you guys and you and Rob talked about it I thought it was a great podcast and kudos to Rob for uh yeah, he did a good job. Clear, clearly <laughs> over over uh, filling my shoes. But, um, you know, if Iowa State were to lose this, is that really a huge down or maybe a little bit? But, you know, I do think I do, Iowa State returns so much that this can also be a springboard for them to, you know, win this. And you're probably into that. Definitely in the top 15 next year, maybe even in the top 10. So this can only help your cause. And if you lose it, you're still, you know, you're playing a brand name on national TV. So uh, there are worse things. All right, um, Bloom. Appreciate your time, everybody. Uh, thank you for thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will have more another one of these coming up tomorrow, a special edition uh, bowl game preview podcast. We'll have a couple of things for you uh, on the feed tomorrow morning. Will be tonight's streaming show. You'll hear me and Bloom. It'll be more interview based, um, a lot less of this. Dan McCartney is going to be on with us. We'll get the X's and O's of the game in the eyes of Jay Jordan, our, our football analyst. And then Todd Kirk uh, from Action Fanatics is going to join us and uh, give us his betting perspective on this. Bloom, I mean, we're here. It's 2021 almost. This betting thing isn't. Did you see the news yesterday about sports books? And um, I, I'm hearing that you're going to be able to just, you know, you're not even going to have to go to casinos to log in and get a sports book on on your phone coming in January 1. So I think that we're going to start bringing Todd in more because I think a lot more people care about this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a new world. Hard to believe, uh, you know, two years ago from where that has grown to now. Um, What did I see, though? Vegas Vegas won more money in a single month last month than they ever have. And so uh, there's a reason why these things stay open. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, yeah, so keep keep going with the feed. Uh, we'll have that preview show from tonight with Dan McCarney posted first thing in the morning. Um, Stansberry is interviewing an Oregon reporter for tomorrow to get the inside scoop there. And, uh, yeah, busy time, but this is fun. He's Brent Plume. My name is Chris Williams. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks to our sponsors, Graphite Construction, the Wild Rose Casino, and the DraftKings Sportsbook at Jefferson. Of course, our friends at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center in Fairway. We'll be back tomorrow.